Hello and welcome to Punta Vista, episode 234. I am Ben, and I am here in the Murder Dome, in orbit around the top-secret prison planet Hyperia 6, where the galaxy's roughest and toughest mercenaries, psychopaths and bounty hunters battle it out in a bloodthirsty, high-tech, no-holds-barred, one-on-one deathmatch for a giant prize pool of galactic credits. With me, hailing from the inhospitable volcano planet Cyrex, where only the toughest survive past infancy, and only the very toughest make it to puberty, it's Graalpax the Destroyer. Covered head to toe in laser-reinforced plasteel armor, bristling with weaponry better suited to a tsunami-class planetary defense force space destroyer, and prepared to launch a swarm of AI-controlled hyperspace-capable antimatter nano-missiles, it's Andrew! Hi, Andrew! Hey, uh... What nobody knows is that my real weakness is my easily broken heart. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a shame if someone broke your heart in the middle of a science fiction bloodthirsty combat. The problem is what you don't want to do is like uh, make an uneasy alliance with someone at some point. Yeah. Next thing you know, light kissing. Yeah. You know, next thing you know, heavy petting. Oh. <laughs> That's how it always Heart- goes for me. Light kissing <laughs> to heavy petting. <laughs> Light kissing, heartbreak, makeup heavy petting. Yeah. Worse heartbreak. heartbreak. <laughs> yep. Have sex one time and then cut all communication. And that's yep. my method. Also with me, hailing from the bucolic farm planet of Squabbleberry and wearing a pair of overalls with only one button done up and no shirt, it's Boopledoozer the Friendly. It's Theo. Hi, oh. Theo. Oh, hi there. Yep. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know about all this. <laughs> you um, you didn't. You are empty-handed uh, yeah. at this stage. I didn't didn't know I need to bring anything. Yeah, it like a gun, well, or a even a, a big stick might yeah. have availed you here. I got a I got a hoe that yeah. helps me plant those Markle blobs. Uh, that's uh, no way to talk about your wife, but continue. <laughs> <laughs> so she's doing that, and I don't have to bed down. Yeah. Means I've got uh, excellent upper back strength. Yeah, um, well, not so much strength. I can't lift anything. But like your good, back doesn't get sore got, if you I, do it for a long I've time. I've got to ask: How much does uh, good posture count in the uh, laser death match that we're about to enter? There are style points awarded for form. So if you comport yourself with grace, which I guess yeah. you know. But you will still be turned into a, a sort of... The, I think the uh, antimatter nanomissiles are probably going to be a bit of a problem because the denim you're wearing is only covering about half your torso. And even yeah. then, those parts aren't particularly well protected. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what about about any of, any of all that. Yeah. Um, I'm just hoping to take some of those galactic credits back to my hoe. Yeah. If, uh, uh, if, if Theo does get um, blasted into like a pink mist... Mm. Very stylishly. I didn't, Will I didn't any know that credits be sent to his uh, widow? It's a certainty at this point. Yeah, uh, they might. You might be able to collect the mist uh, and put it in a sort of a jam jar. Uh, but I don't. I don't want to. Uh, I don't want to yeah. be a mist. Oh well. Hmm. Yeah. Hey Ben. Uh, not to look. I don't want to pull back the curtain. Haven't been a mist before. <laughs> I don't know if other people are allowed to pull back the curtain. The curtain is my domain. I've got two hands <laughs> on the curtain. You're trying to pull the curtain back, and I'm holding it shut. Well, Until I know prob- what your purpose is here. Yeah, the problem is I'm gently prying your fingers off the off the curtain. <laughs> okay, that's my curtains. Continue. Uh, and look, I'm just going to say it's not episode 234 of the podcast. It's episode 254. That can't be right. That's all. So I feel 
just feel like I need to need to just jump in. I know that you hate to be corrected. I because... hate to be corrected more than possibly anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's always saying when we're not recording, I'm right about everything because I'm a man. No, I'm happy to be incorrect. I just don't want to be corrected. Oh, just yeah. hear me be wrong yeah. and keep living your life. Uh, but I, I thank you. I will accept that correction. I don't want anyone to get confused. By... Well, I figured. I just figured by getting it out here now, I would save you the effort of having to go and like uh, do some type of funny overdub. It's actually you know? uh, it's really annoying doing the overdubs, and I don't do them every episode, and I don't do that many of them. But I I edit the podcast on my couch, which is about. 10 meters that way but the microphone mm -hmm. is on a stand in this room so i have to oh. i have to leave the couch come over here plug it in i then have to get audacity to rescan for audio devices because it's forgotten about the microphone and then so know that when i do put one in it's a labor of love why don't you just drag your couch to the microphone now we're talking mm -hmm. no i can't well no i couldn't i couldn't fit i can't fit basically anything in this room well you're in there i can fit me in this room hmm. and a microphone stand yeah. Yeah, it's cozy. Out of push. Yeah. <laughs> Confitted a Tom Walker in this room for about a week. Huh. Just from he's, a very, he's a very foldable man, though. He is. That's one of the first things I noticed about him. It's a human paperclip. Yeah. Sort of yeah. continually folding and unfolding uh, as the situation requires. For a very tall man, he really seems uncomfortable with occupying space. Yeah. Generally. Figure he doesn't. Doesn't enjoy banging guys. his head on things, etc. It's kind of weird to discuss a man who you know for certain is listening to this right now. Yeah. Hey, Tom. Is he taller hey, Tom, than you, Ben? He's definitely taller than me. And broader oh. in the shoulders as well. You're he could beat the too. shit out of me if he wanted to. He could beat me up so bad. Yeah. <laughs> and then you'd have to apologize by kissing me on the lips. It's <laughs> the only option. Oh, boy. I was, uh, you know the, co the comedian uh, Connor O'Malley? I am very familiar with Conor O'Malley. We actually yeah. went to school together. What? No, that's not true. He's older than me. He's American. He's American. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say that can't be right. <laughs> uh -huh. <laughs> I was watching. Uh, I was watching Detroiters last night with Elder. I'm going to get on and, that. Um, oh, you should get on Detroiters. It's very good, and there is an episode where um, where Conor O'Malley plays Tim Robinson's uh, like fail son, uh, younger brother. Mm -hmm. And I was just looking at him and going, it's strange because he's, he's clearly like a big guy, you know? He, he seems like quite tall. He's somehow, uh, bodily-wise, a very large man who is also simultaneously stocky. Yeah. yeah. I think that's um, just an illusion, though, because he's permanently crouched. He is always sort of like tucking <laughs> into his shoulders in a yeah. vulture-like sort of way. Like the beetle vultures. From uh, Jungle Book, where the vultures are the beetles. They're doing that weird thing with their shoulders. Sure. From the, the cartoon The Jungle Book from, I think, the 60s. No, I think it, I, I saw this. It came out in about 2016. That can't be right. I saw that. Yeah. Was it photorealistic? Yeah. You really believe that a boy could be friends with a bear? I did. Mm. No, I felt like he was absolutely getting splashed with that uh, GPU-accelerated water. Those movies uh, look like dog shit. Yeah. And their style. Fun or no. good, but they do cost a lot of money. Yep, which I think, as far as I can tell, it's is the, the important point. part as far as oh, yeah. yeah Hollywood accounting goes. Well, if they don't spend that money, yeah. where's it going to go? Yeah, they yeah. won't get it next year. 
yeah. to spend. Yeah, that's right. Take it, taken out of the uh, government budget rules. Babu budget or whatever. Yeah. You, have, you have to spend $5 billion on movies that no one remembers <sighs> six months later. If you don't spend it, it goes off. That's right. You know? Yeah, due it's to like inflation. tomato sauce or um, mayonnaise. Have you ever had mayonnaise go bad? I don't think mayonnaise can go bad. No, I think it's, it's already bad. That's my what only it starts <laughs> off at. That's it's my my only concession to mayonnaise that I will make is uh, <laughs> I don't uh, think mayonnaise is asking you to concede. <laughs> <laughs> so our um our pantry in our kitchen, right? It's um it's sort of there's there's like a fridge a fridge cavity um, mm-hmm. next to the pantry, and then there's a dishwasher built in like under the pantry, right? Um, so two nice pa- two some. pantry doors and then dishwasher door just underneath that uh, which is fine except when your dishwasher runs it gets hot mm. so anything that is on <laughs> the got a bottom hot pantry situation <laughs> anything that's on the bottom shelf of the pantry is copping heat and moisture i would imagine as well if if you like open the dishwasher after it's done you know and there's just like steam coming up out of there it's not i i have to admit it's not that clever a design where it's like, hey, you know how your kitchen is filled with like a laminated laminated chipboard? Yeah. Can I steam the, that for you? The most exploding substance yeah. in the world. <laughs> it's. I feel also that maybe like every single thing that you would store in a pantry has the same keep in a cool dry place warning yeah. on it. No, that seems kind of antithetical to the two things that that's doing. Yeah. First of all, so, I think to avoid that situation, Andrew, um, I use marine ply in my kitchen, mm-hmm. top to bottom, marine ply. Did you yep. build your kitchen? No, I, I did not. This okay. house came with the kitchen Yeah, already. You know, I didn't have to bring my own. Yeah. Um, the it's floor not was like already a here. European <laughs> <laughs> fucking rental situation. You actually have to install the load-bearing walls and then you take them with you when you go. Second of all, um, teriyaki sauce meant to be par-cooked. Hmm. Yeah, goes on warm and chunky. It actually well, takes on a bit of a caramelization uh, if you keep it at a good even twenty eight degrees for months at a time. Yeah. <laughs> so, so basically, I I stopped having the mayonnaise right there at the waist height shelf because I was like, that can't be good, can it? Just getting wait. warmed up and hey, whoa, whoa, ha, ha. whoa, hey, 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 whoa, yeah. yeah. Um, now maybe this is your just your lifestyle is very different to mine, but it, you it were is, but go storing on. your day to day mayonnaise in the pantry. Yeah, no, I'm just catching up with this now. Um, mayonnaise you see, is no, no. You guys, you guys don't live where I live, right? This is that's this true. Is an issue. So, like, when I go and see my relatives in Brisbane, uh, they got a fridge full of bread. Yeah. Yeah, that's and where like, it goes, because otherwise... Hey, you yeah. want your bread to dry out as fast as possible, so you yeah. put it in a good low humidity environment like the fridge, yeah. Well, I, I, can't, I can't leave my bread out, because Gnome will eat through <laughs> the fucking plastic <laughs> liner. And she hasn't just, figured out the fridge yet. <laughs> no. Which is no, also And I think at this stage, she won't. But... But that ship uh, has sailed. It's been... Because, because it's been um, the, the classic... Uh, El, El Nino deal. <laughs> El Nino? Yeah. El Nino? Which one? Yeah. Uh, it, it has no, no, been. We're, we're in a La Nina. Yeah. Well, I I saw a thing that said the 
20, the 21-22 La Nina event has ended. And I yeah. thought, let me guess, the 22-23 La Nina event is just beginning? Yeah, I, it's going to be, it's fucked up because I've been quoting wet bulb temperatures this whole time. Now I've got to change back to a dry bulb? No good. It's going to change my whole methodology. But that, like, that <laughs> whole situation has meant that it has been really, really unusually wet here. Like, way more rain than we are used to getting in Canberra. And that has meant that, like, over summer, it was weirdly humid. It's it's generally a dry climate here. But lots, lots more rain than we normally get. And that's meant that, like, it's suddenly been like Brisbane, where we get bread and we put it in our... We got a little a bread box that sits on top of the fridge and you put it in there and then two days later, that shit is covered in mold. Yeah, yeah. No, it doesn't go We there. cannot stop the fucking bread from going moldy. Yeah, you, you chug it in the... Okay, so here, here's a wild thing. Uh, chuck it in the freezer. Check that out. Um, yeah, also, do, just to pull the, the curtain back uh, even more, I don't know whether it went forwards, <laughs> back time, so we're just going to pull it back, I possibly think it tugging, tugging at, the, uh, <laughs> at the attachment points here. Uh, a couple of weeks back, we, we did an episode without Andrew, and we absolutely blew through like 19 stories. Yeah. And we got to the end of it, we had no idea... Well, no idea what would, what, what had happened. just happened. Yeah, uh, and so uh, I would like to p- perhaps parallel that with this episode, where we mm. are thirteen minutes in, and ten minutes of that is where Andrew stores things <laughs> in his kitchen. Now I'm no maths genius, but I think thirteen minutes is very nearly a full twenty-five percent of the episode. Yeah. Mm. So anyway, you guys, you guys are telling me you keep the mayo in the fridge. I if I yeah, mayo yeah in the fridge, I would yeah. be dead if I was keeping mayonnaise out at a uh, room temperature, uh, even through winter. My God, it's, it's crazy. Different places. Yeah, no, it's a that's an organic thing. My, mayonnaise is organic, goes in the fridge. Yeah. Um, other ones like uh, oil, um, your soy sauce, uh, your sesame seeds, etc. They're mineral. They go in the cupboard. I've had a mm. soy sauce go bad on me before at room temperature, which it's I didn't think was possible. Because it's yeah. just salt and brown, as far yeah. as I know. Yeah, maybe the brown had something organic in it. <laughs> if you know what the brown is in soy sauce, <laughs> what, <laughs> let us and know. If you fucking send us an email that just says, it's soy, I'm going to kill you. <laughs> it is pretty crazy how sometimes hey, things are different in right. different places. Like here in Australia, I don't worry about my catalytic converter. But in America, I guess that's not the case. It's time for Catalytic Converter Watch. Finally. Now, the the segment that everyone has been waiting for. uh, We talked about this in the previous bonus episode, which I believe was titled No Man Can Eat 40 Meatballs. Uh, where we just, which is so dumb because the quote from the movie is no man can eat 50 eggs, but I said the number 40 in the episode and I have to honor that. Um, we talked about how, uh, the city of Sacramento in California had had a 1600% increase in catalytic converter thefts, uh, from 2020 to 2021. Things are rough in Sackers. Yep, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It turns out that this is actually a um, a broader phenomenon. So I've selected a little uh, a little sampler plate of stories from across uh, North America of some different things happening in the catalytic converter theft space. 
Uh, so this first story that I have here is from WZTV, uh, WZTV to those of us in the Commonwealth, uh, in Nashville, Tennessee. Case highlights multi-million dollar catalytic converter theft scheme. These are cars targeted. Now, I've edited out the cars that were targeted, and I probably could have edited out that part from the headline, but I will persevere nonetheless. A Missouri man has pleaded guilty to federal crimes in which he stole catalytic converters from vehicles, then sold them across state lines in a multi-million dollar scheme. Hell yes. Which is a lot of dollars yeah. for catalytic converters. For catalytic converters. <laughs> Turns out there's been this gold mine under our noses the whole time. And also, Can- victimless crime. Victimless crime. <laughs> <laughs> Your car's feelings aren't hurt. So all of these stories are talking about how you can get like $1,500 a pop uh, sometimes for a catalytic converter, uh, way more from hybrid cars for reasons I don't fully understand. Um, but this is the first time I've sort of seen individuals making large amounts of money from this. Uh, the US Department of Homeland Security reports that 24-year-old Evan Marshall, 24, hey, amazing. Young, young entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, uh, yep. Yeah. Entrepreneur. Uh, and, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> a post-teen entrepreneur uh, <laughs> entered the plea, admitting that he transported over $1 million worth of stolen catalytic converters from 2019 to 2021. Oh, my God. Uh, buying tens of thousands of the converters from co-defendants. That's according just hustling. To the, that's yeah. hustling and grinding. He's the middle grinding. Man. Yeah, he's getting his ticket clipped. <laughs> he's clipping the tickets, I think. Oh. Yeah. The I, other... I'll tell you what. I I love clipping the tickets. Yeah. yeah. But I fucking hate, hate having get, my ticket clipped. Hate to get my ticket clipped. Love the clipping. Hate being clipped. Yeah. Yeah. Me clipping? Ha ha ha. This rules. <laughs> yeah. Me being clipped. Hey, uh, somebody taps me on the shoulder. <laughs> Did you know uh, your ticket just got clipped? Fuck. <laughs> According to the Department of Homeland Security, Marshall started out by selling the converters to a company in Arkansas, which eventually gave Marshall a list of converters in high demand. They also worked exclusively with Marshall, fronting him cash so he could bring in more volume. Marshall recruited and worked with five other co-conspirators who also faced charges under the plea agreement. Marshall will forfeit to the government over $125,500 in cash, 33 rifles, 6 shotguns, 26 handguns, vehicles, motorcycles, and 191 catalytic converters (laughs) seized during his arrest. (laughs) I think it's time to lay the blame where it belongs. And that is... Environmentalism. With the Fast and the Furious franchise. Did they popularize the concept of stealing catalytic converters? Well, they certainly popularized the concept of uh, owning cars and motorbikes and stealing car parts yeah. and having a warehouse full of, like, stolen DVD players. You know, yeah, a little, little hot tip. Um, you may have heard from this show and other bits of news that catalytic converters worth a lot of money. Uh, if you steal a car, you get one of those for free. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and and if you so you get the you free have, catalytic you might run converter. Into trouble, yeah, disposing of the rest of the you, car. Well, you, the thing is, you get the free catalytic converter, and then when you sell the stolen car, and the person you sold the car to says, "I need a catalytic catalytic uh, converter." Hey, hey, I got the hookup. Yeah. Clip that ticket. 
Yeah, I've even got one in this exact model. (laughs) Oh, it's funny that you say that. (laughs) Lucky. (laughs) Hot item. Here is another news story. This one is from uh, KTSP News in Minnesota, I believe. They call that one the KT Spoon. (laughs) St. Louis Park to hold lottery drawing for July 14th catalytic converter marking. Excuse me? Go on. Oh, I think it's pretty self-explanatory. I've only got the headline. I didn't bother getting the... Is this sort of like a sort of like a meat raffle? But <laughs> you you go and if your ticket gets called, you get the catalytic converter from a uh, oh my God, Toyota Tacoma. Is... No, it's uh, even worse. <laughs> this is like this is like the thing where uh, where like someone will engrave like a serial number on your bike frame on so your DVD someone... player, so that yeah, when someone so, takes so... it to cash converters, they call you. You say, "Hey, that's because you know uh-huh. you know how they do at cash converters. They're very concerned about that kind of thing." There's a guy out there with a Dremel who's like, "You want me to get rid of the serial number before I yeah. give you the money for it?" <laughs> uh, let me explain. St. Louis Park will hold another catalytic converter marking event. Another. I note that this is not the first time they've done it. Uh, set to run from two thirty p.m. to six thirty p.m. on July fourteenth. The city announced. Uh, the city is changing the registration process from an open event to a lottery drawing, and a form for those interested will be open from 9am to 5pm on June 29th. The interest form can be found here during that time frame. Um, I'll put that link in the show notes. The city says you. 72 <laughs> residents will be selected at random, and those who aren't selected are encouraged to apply for future events. The city will not accept walk-ins. Mechanics at the St. Louis Park Municipal Service Centre will etch and spray paint the catalytic converters and participants will be given a window sticker to show that their car has a marked catalytic converter. This is this is like that episode of Futurama where they're in a post-apocalyptic society for like 20 minutes of it and it turns out they're just in LA. Yep, yep. America is on a straight line towards that society. We have a catalytic converter based economy but a lottery a lottery <laughs> to get an engraving and some paint on your catalytic converter and a sticker that says hey don't you angle grind the other side of my car yeah. i got it engraved yeah it's gonna make the profit margin on this catalytic converter slightly lower for you so watch I mean, out for that unless you're like engraving the palladium <laughs> and the rhodium and the whatever that's in there yeah. I don't think it matters all that much. No, this is not like there is not some sort of um, uh, pyramid scheme going on to uh, buy and sell catalytic converters for higher and ever escalating amounts. Um, it's not going on another car. Yeah, this is. Yeah, they want those minerals. They're actually. Um, and put them in the cupboard. There are several. <laughs> That's right. That's a callback. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there are like <laughs> you hardly you hardly know I've been off for two weeks. Need to variously oh sick and in Melbourne. There are several states at the moment that are introducing um, what are essentially catalytic converter like registration rules, where if you buy or sell a catalytic converter, you have to provide like several kinds of ID, and then it all goes into a registry. I think. Houston in Texas is looking at doing it from memory where it's like 
Oh, I think they're also looking at doing it in uh, somewhere in Boston as well, where like these are stricter than their gun laws. You can't buy catalytic converters in cash, I think is proposed for the Massachusetts ones, God. Uh, which is pretty wild. Here's what I say to the US government. Come and take it. Yeah. Before somebody else does. Before a guy with an <laughs> angle grinder takes it off me. You, I'll tell you what, you have the palladium. You seem like you need it. To pry uh, my palladium out of my cold. I'm not even hands. using my palladium. I've day to day I'm not even thinking about my palladium. Honestly, it just kind of sits there. I have one final catalytic converter story for you. And this one, uh, mercifully for our American friends, is actually from Canada, uh, to the north. This is from CBC News. Winnipeg police make three arrests in catalytic converter thefts after months-long investigation. <laughs> Sorry, anything, any kind of serious activity in Winnipeg. It's very funny. It's very funny. You have to sort that out. Winnipeg police have arrested three people in connection with a series of catalytic converter thefts following a raid on a scrapyard earlier this month. The Winnipeg Police Service said Friday that after a four-month investigation, its tactical support team and the Springfield Police Service searched a business in the 2200 block of Springfield Road at the northeastern edge of the city on June 2nd. I would like to stress that the tactical support team is like their SWAT team. These are like heavily armoured SWAT guys. Yeah. They seized 13 catalytic converters... $12,500 in Canadian currency, 9.4 grams of cocaine, 300 grams of cannabis, 2.4 grams of psilocybin, and transactional documents, according to police. How do you get 2.4 grams of psilocybin? Can you... Is it commonly, like, um, isolated? You powder it. You, you, you can powder, powder your okay. psilocybin. No, that's, yeah. new to, that's new to me. I thought they just put like a single mushroom on the scales. And it's like, oh, it's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Look at how round this number is. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, the investigation was launched after a significant spike in catalytic converter thefts and was called Project Precious, named for the <laughs> precious metals found in the valuable automobile exhaust system components. That rules. Clown <laughs> city. It's so funny. Uh, God <laughs> also damn. a spade of thefts and they they wrapped up twelve. Yeah, thirteen. So, thirteen. You know, they got a baker's dozen, one extra. Catching the thieves <laughs> in the act is difficult because it's a quick job to remove the part from a vehicle. Winnipeg Police Service Public Information Officer Constable Danny McKinnon said at a Friday news conference. We knew they were taking them somewhere. <laughs> This particular scrapyard was located, and over the four months, learned that it was a prevalent player, McKinnon said. Yeah. A real nexus of palladium going through that place. (laughs) She said while 13 converters were seized, police determined that the stolen units were being brought to the scrapyard in large quantities, not one by one. Uh, Two men from Enola, Manitoba, aged 35 and 48, are facing seven charges, including... Uh, possession of property obtained by crime over $5,000, trafficking property obtained by crime over $5,000, possessing proceeds of property obtained by crime over $5,000, and they also face various drug-related charges. A 43-year-old Winnipeg man has been charged with possessing property obtained by crime under $5,000 and failure to comply with a release order. What is happening in North America? Like, just all of the stats I saw on this, like, so Sacramento, that that increase of, like, 1,600%, I didn't see it uh, that high anywhere else. But on, like, a state-by-state level, 
Minnesota had like a 400% increase uh, so far between this year and last year. Like, it's huge. But I'm also starting to wonder, <laughs> like, is this going to take off here as well? Because we often copy America's trends. Yeah. Is that next? Should we be worried? Should we be putting the rebar chastity cages on the underside of our 2003 Subaru Foresters? No. Okay. Well, that's good. These these guys are out of control, honestly. Uh, do we even I'll have them this. here? Do we, do have, we have catalytic converters? Catalytic converters yeah. Yes, we certainly do. Yes. Okay. Yeah. We also yeah. have cars, yes. Can we stop that from happening? <laughs> well, you can take them off your car and then your emissions are just really bad. Right. Yeah, you but I get, but I, I do get to keep the platinum, palladium, and rhodium. Yeah, you can flip that yourself. Okay. The, also, mm, the real the, shortage for rhodium. These the, days. If you look at the uh, price of palladium over the last two years, uh, it has gone absolutely through the roof. So you can see why there's a bit of um, a bit of demand there. Uh, uh, yeah, it's fucking crazy. Like at the start of, I can't even fucking read this. No, I'm just going to scrap that. But it's really expensive now, and it used to be cheaper. So, mm. you know, invisible hand of the market is reaching underneath <laughs> your 2003 Subaru Forester <laughs> and uh, using an angle grinder. Oh. Also, so this is a story I didn't include, and I have to stop doing this. Um, it was just a little too gruesome, but it was a story about a guy uh, somewhere in the US who heard the sound of an angle grinder coming from his driveway and he was like, shit, I think someone's still my catalytic my angle converter. On? <laughs> <laughs> Always check that before you go to bed. Uh, so this guy has gone out there. Now, Andrew, I don't know if you recall, but in the last episode, I said something to the effect of, if I hear an angle grinder in my driveway, that's simply none of my business and I'm ignoring it. Mm-hmm. This man did not take that ethos into account. I guess he doesn't listen to the bonus episodes of the podcast. He went out there. And he was set to go like, hey, what the fuck are you doing? And then the man with the angle grinder uh, slashed him from temple down to jaw no, with an angle you. grinder. Mm-hmm. With the angle grinder? Yeah. With the angle grinder. I yeah. mean, it's it's obvious that they, uh, now that now that you kind of hear it said out loud, that they can use the angle grinder against you. You don't even have to, the delay between switching your loadout, you don't have to do it. Yeah. You get sort of like a... Flesh and uh, fucking metal. Yeah, flesh has a has a lower armor rating. Yes, yeah. my, it, it did a number on this man's face. I will tell you that much for free. Mm, no, thank I guess you. my my issue, if I were to do this kind of theft, is that I have a <laughs> I have a corded angle grinder. Oh yeah. Um, oh. So so yeah. I I think that it's going to, I guess it's going to really dampen the element of surprise that you want to have when I knock on your door and hand you one end of like a 20 meter long extension cord. Yep. Like, Can you just plug this in? Real quick. Don't yeah. ask why. See, I bought into the Bosch cordless ecosystem. I'm not sure whether they've got good angle grinders going uh, just, for uh, that as well. So, Just before I came to record this episode of the podcast, <laughs> uh, listener of the show, uh, Nora got roasted by a friend for referring to an ecosystem of power tools. <laughs> and uh, who's laughing now? That's right. The listeners of this podcast. That's right. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Are you tired of paying nothing for the same old superior quality free episodes of the Bunta Vista podcast? Do you want less politics and more content about diarrhea or animals gone wild? 
you're tired of skipping through those hours upon hours of paid product placement for Mark Wahlberg film Shooter. Well, boy, do I have the offer of a lifetime for you. That's right, for just five US dollars a month, you too can be a premium VIP member of the Bunta Vista Patreon. That's right, just five US dollars for all of our bonus episodes. That's over 300 hours of content from the hosts you know and definitely tolerate. I'll even throw in access to our glamorous and exclusive Discord server, where bizarre arguments only happen once or twice a week at most. Head to patreon.com slash buntavista. Sign up in the next five minutes and I won't know because that's not my job, but you'll be enjoying the sweet satisfaction of supporting us, and we will love you romantically for it. That's my promise to you. I don't actually know how to do this next segue because I don't know what it is that we're segueing yeah. to. Very good. That, that is... A problem. Yeah. And there's yeah. only one man who can help us overcome this. Hey, there oh, we go. Oh, he's good. Yeah. So, uh, as you as you may have noticed... Um, it's Theo, I, by the way. It's Theo. <laughs> uh, I've been away for a couple of weeks. Um, so, obviously, I've had a bit of bit of time to think about uh, new segments, new entertainment, um, new, new content. Um, and uh, so, I've, I, I thought, oh... Um, why don't I uh, look at the parents guide section of IMDb of movies on IMDb and read some of them out for you? And the segment is sort of like um, the shipping report in that it's not funny, um, but mm. it's uh, but it is meant to be funny. Mm. So it's got that going for, <laughs> for it. Love this podcast. <laughs> Oh, without any further ado, uh, let's get this over and double. <laughs> this is your choice to do, Bal. This is your idea. Yeah, if it goes well, I might actually make a theme for it. But uh, I wanted to play uh, guitar on it, and um, my fucking uh, my pickup grounding is all fucked. Uh, mm-hmm. So I have to find. I think I'm fairly certain it's the um, fairly certain it's the the jack. Yeah. Um, which is good. That's where you want your grounding problem to be. Close to, to, to the surface. As pos- yeah, yeah, as possible. Yeah. Uh, so you don't have to work out what goes on in a guitar. Yeah. That's not. That's none of my business. No. No. Anyway, jumping right in. Uh, from Joe Dirt from the sex and nudity <laughs> section, dog genitales are visible in some shots. <laughs> from Tommy Boy, the sex and nudity <laughs> section. Paul urinates on the power system at the circus, ultimately getting electrocuted and causing him to moan. It's pretty hard. From, I agree. From the water boy, the sex and nudity section, the main girl character nipples are seen through her tank top. So, like, I kind of, I kind of get the sense, right, that you know, you know, I was saying a little while ago that I have been referring to like a uh, common sense media, absolutely. The, how it has yeah. the sort of like you know, this is the nuts and bolts of like what's in this thing, and then we have a bit of subjective stuff from both like kids and parents yeah. saying who they think it's appropriate for. Right? It's very clear to me who is writing stuff on that site, whereas the stuff uh-huh. that you're describing, I yeah. feel, could be a very, a very split down the middle mix of like. Illiterate Puritans uh-huh. who are worried about this stuff, <laughs> and also yeah, the, illiterate, the horniest people, on <laughs> illiterate Earth. horny guys who Abs- are like, I've got to write this down. Um, and, and they are so much more bizarre than you could think. Uh, and I saw one a couple of years ago that I, I spent forever uh, in one of the podcasts we were recording previously trying to find again. Jesus Christ! 
on the list. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> from Billy Madison from the frightening and intense scenes section. Although played for laughs, the clown falling may be disturbing to many. That's true. I was freaking out. From Con Air, the frightening and intense scenes section. The whole movie is about a plane of prisoners that gets hijacked. <laughs> While this would be terrifying if it were real, the entire film contains a sense of comedic effect due to the bizarre nature of it all. So is it scary or is it not scary? I don't, you know? I don't know. Uh, from The Rock, the sex and nudity section, at the beginning of the movie, a guy pulls a magazine from a crate. So look out for that. Uh, from Gone in 60 What's Seconds. What's the magazine? I, it must be a rude magazine. Might be. I, I don't... Wasn't unclear. Um, from it's Gone in 60 magazine. Seconds, the profanity section, Jesus is blasphemed many times. Oh, no. Uh, from Face Off, the violence and gore section, <laughs> a man cuts his face off and then gets pierced by a harpoon gun. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Uh, from, yeah. from Leaving Las Vegas, the sex and nudity section... In a shower, we see a fully nude woman, but her position makes she didn't expose critic nudity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is definitely horny, guys. Yeah, you think you think you're gonna see something, but then you yeah, don't. Yeah, then you don't see critic nudity. Um, Batman and Robin, frightening and intense scenes. Doctor Woodrow straps Antonio Diego onto a table and prepares to turn him into Bane. I hate getting turned into Bane, dude. <laughs> that is frightening. If he could get turned into Bane, anyone could anyone get turned could. into Bane. Yeah. Well, the worst thing is, he's like, it, it's not like you look at him and you go, oh, Bane, that's a big jacked up dude. He's little before he they turn little. him into Bane. Oh. They could turn Theo into Bane. Oh, know? no. Yeah, it could happen to you. <laughs> dude, your so wife funny. is going to be so pissed if you yeah, get if turned into home, Bane. Uh, I'm doing the Bane voice. Um, yeah. Can you have a try at it? Go, come on. No. Give me I one can't. sentence of the bad voice. <laughs> oh my God, it's just going to sound like fucking Yoda. <laughs> in this house, we keep the mayonnaise in the fridge. There you go. Uh, Batman Forever from the sex and nudity section. The Riddler comically grabs his crotch at one point. A cartoon honk sound can be heard as he does so. Movies I think are so there's much something better. wrong with his cock. <laughs> <laughs> That's from. not... How is that nudity? <laughs> well, it's suggestive. <laughs> Are you ready to explain that to your beautiful yeah. daughters? Yeah, honk why honk. Why does his penis honk like that? I'm actually... Like, like universally, the things that are the worst for having your kids watch them and, like, looking at them and going, what? I like... Movies, movies that are the sort of cheapest, shittiest cash-ins on IP, like the Angry Birds movie kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. They're yeah, all the that, ones where like... They drank piss in that movie. They, yeah, they, they drink did. a bunch of piss. They drink piss you know? in the Angry Birds movie. I think there's movie. a podcast about that, actually. There is. There is. Um, but, but yeah, there's lo- lots of those sorts of movies where um, not only are, they, are none of the jokes funny, but there's also just this sort of undercurrent of mean-spiritedness. To most of the jokes, yeah, uh, and also like just, just uh, there's, there's a movie called The Queen's Corgi that is just like a cheap animated movie that one of my kids got into at some point, and I was like, it's time to stop watching this movie. Yeah, there's yeah. too much of like animated children twerking and stuff, you know. 
Yeah, I think you need to go back to the classics, uh, like mm-hmm. Superman Returns. This from the sex and nudity section. Mm-hmm. Superman is shown shirtless in the hospital. And oh. this... <laughs> And this from the violence and gore section. One of Luther's goons start starts beating up Lois. The son throws a piano at him and kills him. <laughs> uh, from Street Fighter 2, the animated movie, the sex and nudity section. Ryu is shirtless most of the time, but that's about it. From... <laughs> Uh, Street Fighter the movie under violence and gore section. M. Bison is kicked into a bunch of televisions <laughs> and electrocuted. <laughs> Those poor televisions. Uh, from sudden death in the sex and nudity section. Emily's underwear is shown briefly when she falls down the hole due to her short skirt. Uh, <laughs> this is someone like like going through frame by frame. Uh-huh. Oh, there it is. There it is. Straight to IMDb. Uh, and finally, from uh, the uh, movie Double Impact uh, by with uh, our, our friend Jean-Claude Van Damme, right? Uh, is that That's right? That's right, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Much uh, like the last three movies that you have said, yes. Oh, okay. Um, from the sex and nudity section, near the start of the movie, a woman stretches while wearing a very skimpy leotard. Very sensual and about as close to nudity as you can get. Oh, my God. These people are so disappointed that there's not just like... <laughs> Fucking, yeah. You you can't you can't just file a whole bunch of almost nudity into the nudity section. Oh, and, you can, and frame it as a <laughs> grievance. They do. Oh, that's about it. You see no, that, the no, no, silhouette of one nipple because it it it's a calibration point. Yeah, you read that and you see that uh, Ryu is shirtless most of the time. Uh, you know you're in for a sexy time. But if it's just a skimpy leotard, yeah. And not yet, seeing anything. And yet they're not writing up all the scenes where Jean-Claude Van Damme is bare-assed in his movies, you know? Nearly all Oh, they probably are. I mean, I, mm-hmm. I didn't check um, fucking Time Cop. Is that the what one where movie. he gets bare-assed and he does like a... He has... He, has, he does uh, bare-ass in Time Cop. He also bare-ass in, in... Yeah, and in um, Nowhere to Run. Uh, in front of a very young Kieran Culkin. Oh. Huh. Yep. Congratulations, Kieran Culkin. Yeah, I'm <laughs> seeing Culkin. Jean-Claude Van Damme's uh, hog. Nice AS. Now that segment was Theo reading out a bunch of stuff from the internet, but now it's time for something different, where I read out a bunch of stuff I found on the internet. It's time for Great American Hall of Name. It's the This is the segment where I select some uniquely American names from large lists of names I have found on the internet uh, of American provenance. This week, I will be looking at a selection of names taken from former and possibly current uh, state representatives from the states of Kentucky, Tennessee, and Arkansas. Uh, And if you gentlemen are ready, I will begin... I am ready. I'm ready, yeah. Yeah, go for it. Burwell Ritter. <laughs> Tunstall Qualls. <laughs> Polk Lafoon. <laughs> you guys are out of control. <laughs> Frank Chelf. 
Yeah. Don't want to store his mayonnaise on that. <laughs> Wigfield Bullock. <laughs> Newton Cannon. <laughs> Haywood Riddle. <laughs> Otis Wingo. Come on. <laughs> Chittenden Lion. <laughs> This is so bad. Why am I? Ridiculous. I get June Gale. That's just nice. Yeah. That's, That's just, just describing weather. a phenomenon. It's just weather. Pleasant Miller. <laughs> what a nice man. Vincent Boring. <laughs> oh, not so cool. I don't. Noble Gregory. <laughs> <laughs> Have you met my friend? <laughs> J. Carlton Loser. No. <laughs> oh, I come from a long line of losers. French Hill. In France, they just call him Hill. Yeah. yeah. Rice Pierce. Hmm. Prior Lee. <laughs> <laughs> Wade Kitchens. <laughs> mm-hmm. Logan Roots. Yeah, he does. <laughs> Archibald Yell. And finally on the home stretch here, Cave Johnson. <laughs> John Cock. Uh-huh. Yep. Daniel Gooch. Now we're talking. Elijah Fister. <laughs> That is Fister spelt with a PH. Oh. And last but certainly not least, Bill Boner. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> what a beautiful country. I'm also, just uh, from recollection, I'm pretty sure J. Carlton Loser uh, was a member of the lower house of Tennessee uh, in like the 80s. Uh Oh, no, in the 60s, sorry. J. Carlton Loser. Joseph Carlton Loser. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's pronounced Louser. Oh, I'm sure it is. Loser. No, it isn't. Fuck no. you. It's Loser. This is like a... There was a, a famous doctor who I think uh, I think was in Canberra for years and years, like a surgeon, and his name was uh, Dr. Death. And he was like, no, no, no. Dr. <laughs> Death. Dr. Death. <laughs> You're like, uh huh, yeah. This guy's mum's name was Willie Mae McConico Loser. <laughs> Come on, man. He's incredible. Hey, it's time for the whole report. Whole report. Whole report. It starts making sense as you hug the fence. Voices calling. Do we did we work out whether that melody is from anything? No, it's not. It's, a, that, it's an original piece. My goodness, that is a that is a wonderful John Bryan writing the uh, soundtrack to Punch Drunk Love ass melody. I cannot stress this enough, but uh, the person who wrote that theme song for us, and I've said this several times, has worked on spacesuit design for NASA. <laughs> 
What a what and and they listen to this show. Yeah, and he's actually sent through uh, several more themes, but I'm really behind on my em- emails. I'm so sorry, but I will I will get okay. through those. Okay. I uh, yeah, I'm worried. I think it's a national security risk that we're actively making people working uh, for NASA dumber. Yeah, yeah. Stop stop listening to this podcast <laughs> and think about the seal on those gloves. Uh, this story comes to us from uh, W O O D News in Michigan. The wood. Mm-hmm. The wood. (laughs) Now we're talking. Mysterious bunker found in Michigan woods. That's the perfect topic for the wood to cover. That is true. Uh, About a mile hike into the Rogue River State game area, hidden in the forest, somebody recently built a bunker complete with a reinforced wall and sandbags. Quote, It is a mystery said the Kent County man who discovered the bunker on Friday and immediately tried reporting it to the authorities. Okay. First of all... Yeah. Fucking knock. Mm-hmm. Go around blowing up other, other people's bunker spots. Uh, yeah. Second of all, what's the, fuck, what's the mystery about a, about a bunker in the woods? Woods are scary. Yeah. Sometimes you need a bunker. You think the bunker is there to protect the person in the bunker from the things that are in the woods? Well, if we're talking about me specifically, I think that it's there to protect the things in the woods from me. I think if we were talking about you specifically, it wouldn't be a mystery who made the bunker, because it would be you. Maybe I just like building bunkers. Mm. Where's, I where's would... the line, though, between, like, you know, finding a bunker and, say, finding a treehouse and reporting that to the police? Oh, well, that it would just, be shit. Yeah, yeah that'd be shithouse behaviour for sure. I think, uh, and this will probably get covered in the article, um, there might be some reasons in America why you would want to report something like this. Uh, he didn't want to get, it didn't want to be identified, he said, in case it was created by a militia group, possibly as a private training grounds. Hmm. Quote, it looks like it might be more of a militia military type thing to me, he said. It's not easy to find. The bunker is about 50 yards off a narrow trail under a canopy of pines, maples, and oaks and on a hill overlooking Spring Creek, which runs away from Spring Lakes to the northeast. The trail starts on Red Pine Drive, north of 18 Mile Road, northeast, northeast of Kent City. On Monday, the Kent County man almost couldn't find it when he led Nexstar's wood, W-O-O-D, back into the woods. It's so remote that cell phone GPS wasn't working. You'd hate to be uh, known as the boy who cried bunker. You know? yeah. yeah. It's totally here. Yeah, man. Absolutely. Yeah. We could have been covering the local game, and instead, we're here. Quote, It doesn't belong here, he said. It's state land, and it's an illegal structure here. It appears the bunker was built recently and might still be under construction, with a few freshly cut down trees lined up on the ground nearby. It's about 15 by 15 feet and almost 3 feet deep. Quote, it looks like there's a place to rest your elbow all the way around it for steadying your aim for shooting, he said. Sandbags, stacked too high, about 70 in all, form an outer perimeter. About two dozen more sandbags sandbags are in a corner of the bunker. The sandbags, you don't need them for paintball. You don't need them for a deer blind. It looks like they're to stop incoming bullets. It's on a hill. There ain't going to be a flood here. That's a quote from the man. Hmm. Two of the walls are reinforced with intertwined branches. There's a fire pit in the middle. It bothers me, he said. It looks like it was built for a purpose, and it looks like a lot of effort went into it. 
He said he called the US Department of Homeland Security, which referred him to the FBI, which referred him to local police. (laughs) (laughs) Excuse me, uh, is this President Biden? (laughs) Oh, I should talk to uh, my, my police department. Talk to Kamala Harris. And then, oh, no, okay, now I'm talking to an undersecretary of some kind. He said he then called the Michigan State Police, which sent him to the Kent County Sheriff's Department, which referred him to the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. (laughs) So really got got kicked down the chain there a little bit. Even if it were a deer blind, the DNR said it it would be illegal because you're not allowed to cut down trees or alter the land. He was hoping police would set up trail cams to catch the culprit, Instead, he said, the DNR told him it planned to dismantle the bunker. (laughs) Are you at least aware of police? Do you know anything, the slightest thing? So dumb. It's so good that they think that detectives are doing detective work. Hey, uh, you want to chuck a camera? You know, there might be like an actual militia or something out here. You know, maybe like Nazis or etc. Maybe like just chuck a camera out here, come back in a week, see what's on the footage. Oh uh, no no we're gonna we're gonna hit that with a with a hammer. Yeah, we're uh, we're just gonna send uh, the forest guys in to put some dirt in the hole. Oh, that's pretty good, I guess. Quote: I would think they would want to do some sort of investigation, try to figure out who did this and what was their idea behind it. He said to not investigate it seems like a missed opportunity with everything going on nowadays. Yeah. Oh, you know how it is nowadays. I now do. Days. Yeah. I mean, he's not wrong. Like. Man is 100% correct. Um, well, I do have a. F- he's, he fucking played himself because, you know, what What did he get when he knocked? They sent in the whole reversal unit. Yeah. Yeah. So now they'll never find hole. out. Yeah. Um, I do have a follow up story to this one, actually. Um, uh, I, I sort of. It's not really a mystery bunker because the mystery has been solved. This is another story from our dear friends at Wood. Mystery, quote, bunker in Michigan woods was built by kids, officials say. Oh. Oh, okay. Yep. Mystery solved. The bunker-like area found in a state game area in Michigan was built by teenagers. (laughs) The Michigan Department of Natural Resources said that after Wood TV aired a report on the bunker in the Rogue River State Game Area Monday, a mother called the Kent County Sheriff's Department. She said her 15-year-old son and his friend had built the bunker for fun. Cutting down trees, digging large holes, and leaving sandbags on state land is illegal, the DNR said. The conservation officer will meet with the boys and make them fill in the hole and restore the area. No charges are expected. Hey, boys, we found your hole. Yep. Now you're going to fill that, fill in that hole hole. Now, it's Boy. perfectly natural and fine to want to dig holes. I get yeah. that. We all go through that. Just can't do that on state land. It's a very elaborate bunker. Like, there are, like, 70 sandbags there that are lining the walls of the bunker. It's uh, it's a lot for some 15-year-olds. Like, I'm not saying that I don't believe that they did it. I'm just saying these are weird teens. Which, like, I don't think most, that's weird at all. What, the desire to build a structurally sound, uh, ballistically reinforced bunker anything, on a vantage anything point could, anything in could under constant threat of tornadoes, etc. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to help you. I don't think your, your sandbag is going to help you in a tornado situation. Oh, you want to be under the ground, don't you? Yeah, you want to be further down. Yeah. yeah. Digging further further into the warm earth. Yeah. You think about becoming one of those, like, hole hobbyists? The guys that... Oh, is there such like, a thing? Have we not talked about this? Hole the, hobbyists. 
Oh, Maybe. actually, no, I think this might be a big softtitty.png thing. Oh. Uh, that there are people who are like recreational hole diggers who, you know, once they own their own land, uh, a dream which is impossible for many of us at our age, they just start digging holes for fun and like big, yeah. deep tunnels and like tunnel systems and stuff, which uh, sounds very appealing to me, although it, obviously unbelievably dangerous. It's just like uh, the movie Rambo 5, a.k.a. Rambo Last Blood. Yeah, where he's got a network of murder holes all throughout his property because of gangs at the border or some shit. No, no, he's he's basically just doing it for therapy. Oh. Like, because uh, due to the events of the previous movies, his traumas from being a prisoner of war and such, um, mm. he just lives on a ranch and just spends all of his time expanding his system of bunkers. And then the events of the movie lead him to come back and and defend it, like Castle Doctrine himself on his property. So it's sort of like a Chekhov's Warren of Tunnels, very much situation. Very much. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I guess I guess it like uh, relatively conveniently means that he gets to just like kill, you know, seventy or eighty Mexican cartel members. I think uh, it would be a really powerful move to make a Rambo movie um, where he doesn't murk any fools or anything. Like, they're just like, I, I have actually had a horrible life filled with gun violence and murder and scrabbling for survival and being employed as a weapon by the, the government. Uh, and now I would just like to be on my farm. And then you get a good, I'm going to say, two hours and ten minutes of him just tending to some, you know... What, Some a, what about and digging holes? Yeah, yeah, like tilling tilling fields alternated with weekly visits to his therapist. Yeah, and yeah. like he starts painting, and not in like a George Bush way, but in like a, he's really capturing something beautiful and profound through through oil painting as a medium. Well, I think in in the movies he kind of expresses himself through uh, forging large knives. Yeah, which is not fun as well. Yeah, but but it is kind of a. Chekhov's very large knife situation in the movie as well. I wonder I if admit. this really large knife will come back later. <laughs> no. No, I can't imagine. He this does really knife. seem to just make them on demand. I'll say that. Mm. He, he'll he he'll be like, oh, I have a need. And yeah. then he just pops one out, you know? Well, you don't want to carry around a knife if you don't have to. If you can make it no. from the raw materials around you. That's right. Yeah. Ideally. Um, he doesn't even like... It's wild. He doesn't even pull up a YouTube video... About, like, you know, making a Damascus steel knife at home, you know? Just does it. Living off the land. <laughs> living in a living in a hole in the land. <laughs> Forging knives. <laughs> oh, it's a story as old as time. That's a very, like, Minecraft idea of living off the land. Of just being like, well, I have some wood and I think I'll be at knives in about six steps of creation. One of my uh, one of my kids is really into Minecraft now. Making I'm, knives. I'm making Damascus steel. <laughs> Evie's one been of my kids is really into fire. Really <laughs> into folding steel. How many folds in your blade, bro? Only oh. three. Mm. Um, I I went on uh the podcast Ten Thousand Posts mm-hmm. recently with our friends uh, Hussein and, and Phoebe. And they got me on because they wanted to talk about, like, uh, dad posting, being a parent. And I went on there to talk about how um, uh, Theo posts correctly about his children. The perfect dad poster. That's right. Yep. 
And uh, yeah, like one of the things we were sort of talking about was like, when is it appropriate to sort of introduce your kids to things like being online and stuff like that, you know? And um, I was sort of contending that it's it's like abstinence education, you know? You can't just be like, no, I'm going to give you no information about the internet or anything. Yeah. At some point, at some point, I'm going to have to be like, this is how you're meant to operate online, you know? But at the moment, they're not online at all. Yeah. Um, however... Like, you know, they, they play uh, games, like, on mobile devices and stuff like that. And one of them has started playing, like, a lot of Minecraft on the Switch. And I'm generally very pleased by it because it's offline. Don't have to interact with anybody else. She's getting zero slurs from that game, as far as I know. Yeah, no one yeah. is introducing her to the concept of racism... Uh... By by saying the slurs at her while she's building a ziggurat. Yeah, they removed all of the ones that Notch put in after the Microsoft. <laughs> yeah, purchase. yeah, they they yeah. got it off Java and they got rid of the racial slurs. Yeah. <laughs> so and, um, imp- imp- performance improvements, etc. But yeah, it's 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 funny because like yeah, watching her play that. A, she's just like constantly making tons of very creative things, and I find myself going, "You make that? No." Oh, that's nice. That's uh, fucking lovely. Nice being oh, surprised she, by your children. She, well, she's eight, and she was showing me the series of like big complex 3D roller coasters that she had made yeah, to this hell environment. Yeah. Hell yeah, she's doing that that redstone work. I just go in there. I make like a a skew a square <laughs> a cube <scube>. house. <laughs> I'm making a skew hut. Um. But yeah, it's it's interesting, but also it makes me go, like, cool, because she's learning how to, like, navigate in a 3D environment as well. Yeah. Like, because, uh, you know, we, we Which all... Which is a skill you could also develop in life. Well, I mean, it's a, it's a thing that I guess we all got from playing, like, uh, first-person shooters and stuff like that on... From playing on... Fury 3, but just the demo, so once you finished the first stage, the game was over. You just start over yeah. again. Yeah. From, play- from playing the first section of, of Doom until it says, hey, want to buy the rest of this shareware? And you go, <laughs> no. <laughs> Goodness gracious, I don't have any money, for I'm I am 11. Yeah, I won't be doing that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's nice. It's very wholesome. It's that good. It's wholesome. You know? Give your child Minecraft today. Don't let them talk to other people on the internet, though. You just no, don't need no. to do that. Jesus Christ, you know? no. Folks, I've got news for you. You have just listened to one of the many episodes available of the Bunta Vista podcast. That's right. Um, I'm going to plug something at the end of this episode. Um, go to the website, bolf.com. That is B-O-R-L-F-F.com. Uh, that is the link for all of the ticketing for the film festival that I have just put on uh, with uh, dear friend of the show, uh, the other Ben, Ben Jungles. Uh, we are screening 11 movies over two weeks in Brisbane at New Farm Cinemas that uh, all feature hand-drawn, hand-animated lightning effects, and they're all movies that we really like, and it's going to be very cool. And now that we've announced it, I'm extremely apprehensive about being able to sell uh, tickets to a movie festival. No, it's such a fucking good concept. It's gonna, 
Those I, those tickets going to get clipped. Yeah, I'm. Ooh. I will be literally clipping the tickets because that's part of our job for it. So yeah, I will, yeah I'll be there for all those. Uh, check out if you're in Brisbane and you like movies at all. It's going to be so fucking good. We got June. We got. Big Trouble in Little China. Yep. We got both of the 90s Adams Family movies. We got so much. It's going to be sick. That's what's up. Yeah, that's the end yeah, of my what's plug. Up. That's what's up. Also, uh, listen to the podcast 10,000 Posts. Yeah, why not? You've got time. What else are you going to do? See you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye.